0: This is a Career Channel program from UC San Diego Extension. Visit us at uctv.tv careers for videos, employment news, and trend articles to help recent college graduates and those in career transition bridge to better employment.
1: Hi everyone! So in this session we are going to highlight employers that are transforming hiring practices and providing a pathway for young people to succeed. These employers understand that hiring opportunity youth, a largely undiscovered and untapped talent pool, can have great benefits for their companies. They have figured out how to make their workplaces youth-friendly.
2: So I'm Leslie McNabb. I'm the Internship and Work Readiness Program Coordinator with the City of San Diego. And Christina Fryhill next to me is my boss and also the volunteer coordinator for the city. Uh, I just wanted to start with a really brief story. I was recently at an outreach event and sitting next to somebody from a nonprofit and telling that person a little bit about our program and how we're reaching out to disconnected youth. And she said, if we don't do it, who will? Who will? And that really kind of stuck with me. Um, If us, you know, the older generation, whatever you want to call us, does not reach down to that younger generation to help them up, who will do it? So that really is the basis of our program and why we're here today.
3: So the volunteer program in the city has been around for a while, but in 2015 we started a... um, We started a mentoring program in the summer. We found that there were two types of volunteers that came to us, those that uh, were happy to be there um, out of the goodness of their heart and then others who wanted some takeaway. They wanted to gain some real-life skills.
2: In the fall of 2016, we started a year-round mentoring program due to the high demand, and we now place about 700 mentees each year. So in fall of 2017, we were lucky enough to be using community block development grant funds through the city of San Diego and partner with Connected Careers in order to specifically work with that disconnected youth population, ages 16 to 24, not working, not in school. And that very first cohort, um, four of them were hired either by Connected Careers or by the city. And we found that in the last two years, 10% of our new hires in the city of San Diego were former volunteers, interns, or mentees. So that's one reason why we do this, to grow our workforce.
3: And the other reason, and probably one of the most fulfilling for our 230 mentors, is to help empower youth, help um, introduce them to uh, their home, San Diego, uh, the workforce in San Diego, and, and to provide a little incentive to be, you know, civically engaged.
2: So just to talk a little bit about how we began this program, we first looked for the needs that were in the workplace. So those employees, those sections that needed some extra assistance, and we started there.
3: And we connected to the larger workforce... And we tried to identify opportunities that were STEM related.
2: And finally, we looked for those natural mentors, the people that were excited and willing to share their knowledge with the youth.
3: The who, the youth that we found uh, applied to our opportunities were um, as varied as you can imagine, in their abilities, in their
2: experience, in their education, and in their skills? For that reason, we realized that our opportunities had to be varied. And luckily, in the City of San Diego, we had 28 different departments and offices in which we could host these mentees. So we really um, made sure to cultivate those opportunities to serve uh, the most that we could.
3: And one of the uh, the larger the um, most important parts to that was we had the support of our manager, our mayor, our executive team and, uh, and our leaders in the city to support this type of a, a program.
2: We also realized the importance of recognizing those mentors and making sure that their supervisors and their leadership teams knew what a difference they were making so that they could continue making that difference as mentors. And we made sure
3: that the mentors were matched with the right mentees. And then we made sure that the mentee was matched to the right opportunity.
2: Group interview process we, we really find is key. We have the mentors first start with a little training. They learn about some brain based learning strategies and a little bit about how to connect to youth if they don't already know that information. And then we allow them to tell the mentees about themselves, about their opportunity. Then we do kind of a speed dating process. And at the end, both the mentees and the mentors get to rank their top choices. And we found that that's a very successful way to, to make a good match.
3: We knew the importance of
2: making these
3: opportunities short-term to help support those mentors who also had their regular job duties to perform. So the opportunities were both short-term and limited-hour opportunities.
2: In addition, we made sure that the schedule was flexible on both parts to allow the mentee and the mentor to determine it themselves, but to really stress the importance of the commitment from both parts so that when you're there, you're fully present and you're willing to share your knowledge, both parts. And then one of the challenges, yet it was, it was um, up to
3: the departments to make sure this happened, is that the mentees had the tools Uh, that they had the training and they had the supervision in that committed time frame to actually say that they had gained that experience.
2: So where did we have these opportunities? We had them all over the city, wherever that extra assistance was needed, wherever those mentors were. But at the same time, we knew we had to pay attention to transportation because uh, it's always a concern how to get to a workplace. So we made sure that that was very clear in the beginning. So we're lucky enough to have one of our uh, mentees here today with us. Um, Olivia Justice is going to share a little bit about her experience as well.
4: Hello, my name is Olivia Justice. Um, like Leslie said, I was in the mentorship program the first cohort. That graduation was in December. Uh, she was my mentee. Mentor. She was my mentor. Um, a little about myself in this program. I was placed in the outreach in the human resources and the Every, everything that everyone thinks, like, oh my goodness, I thought I had the same thoughts. Oh no, I'm going to be in an office. This is going to be boring. I'm not going to like this. Great. Uh, but once I got there and they told me my task and outreach assistant, I realized, okay, I have something to give in the outreach department. Um, I understand what attracts the youth. I assisted in a cal- creating a calendar so I knew They already had the platforms, but I knew that certain ways to get around the platforms a little better because I use them on a daily basis. Um, And it really just became something that wasn't mundane and boring. I was working with amazing people. Um, (laughs) I was working with these people and the other mentors, some that you saw in the video. And honestly, it changed from I can't wait for this to be over because it's an office position to, oh my goodness, I hope I actually stay in contact with these people. And lucky enough for me, uh, Sophia Barber is my, now like my mentor uh, at Connected Careers and San Diego Workforce Partnership. I work with her. <coughs> Thank you. Uh, she said, hey, you know what? you've done a great job working with Leslie and Christina. There's an opening in our position as a job coach. So I applied. And after applying and getting hired, after a month, Sophia said, okay, now I want to use you as my program assistant on the city internship opportunity and work readiness program. So not only did I get to participate in the program, now I assist others in enrollment and participating in the program themselves. So I have a different view on how it works and a different understanding, and honestly, I think this is kind of one of the, the better of the options than just, you know, nothing wrong with a 9-to-5 at all, but we all know city jobs are great, and they will pay you well, and you have a pension, and all that. So, um, yeah, I think... I learned that some things about myself which I was not expecting because again, I thought it was an office job and I had nothing to offer here and it had nothing to offer me. But I think we all maybe have learned in our life we have to try something that we would never try before and I'm glad I did it. I'm very happy that I did it. Yep. Yes. I don't know if that's it.
1: Thank you, Olivia, Leslie and Christina. So now I'd like to introduce Robin uh, Primavera, who's with us all the way from Los Angeles, and she's the general manager from uh, Gap, Inc., Old Navy Stores.
5: Hello. Um, So, yes, I work for Old Navy, and I work in Los Angeles. Um, Got involved with This Way Ahead two years ago, and very, very happy that we were able to be involved with This Way Ahead. When I first started the program, I had no idea what it was. We were just told we were going to get some interns, they're going to work, and hopefully they'll get a job at the end. Okay, sounded simple enough. Um, But what I didn't understand is how important this youth would be, not only to my personal store, but to the entire industry and to the entire company. when we talk about disadvantaged youth, I think we sometimes run to a place that's not very nice, thinking that they their disadvantage means a negative thing. And disadvantage just, just, just can mean that they don't have access to the same resources that, that the rest of us do. Um, as a parent of a 16-year-old who did not was not disadvantaged, it was really tough just for her to get a job. So think about how much harder it is for disadvantaged youth to to have the access to the same resources that that my daughter did, and how much harder it is for them to to get a job, even get an interview that would be fair. Um, that's what This Way Ahead does. It helps our youth. It helps with the nonprofit partner to be able to set up our youth for success for an interview and the possibility of what it means to have a job and earn a paycheck that they earn every single week and pride that comes with that. Um, When I think about my interns that I've had the last two years, um, it's not just us employing them. It's what they do when they come to work and how they enrich the environment within our stores. It's not just us giving, it's a two way. They give to us too. And I can only tell you, I've learned so much by being part of this program what it means to be a mentor to the youth, um, how much they want to learn, and how passionate they are about getting a job. Um, I'd like to share a story, and I know that we're going to have another story here shortly, but I go back to um, I have a young intern, his name is George. And when I interviewed George, George barely said three words to me in the interview. He couldn't look me in the eye. He was very nervous, super fidgety. And when I asked him, I was like, why do you want a job? Not just why do you want to work here, but why do you want a job? And when he looked me in the eye and could tell me, he's like, because I want a future. And I don't know how to get that. That's when I looked at this program in an entirely different light, that I had a responsibility, we have a responsibility to help youth who want a future. George still works for me almost two years later. He's one of my best employees. He comes out of his shell more and more every day. I'll never forget looking at him one day after I hadn't seen him in about two weeks, and I'm like, I don't even know who you are anymore. (laughs) Like, you are this outgoing, bubbly young man. And he's like, he's like, I love working here. This is what this has done for me. Um, and this is why This Way Ahead is very important to our company and extremely important to me. I have a responsibility to be the guardian of this program and make sure that we're delivering on the promises to our youth. And that's what This Way Ahead is.
1: Thanks, Robin. Anna. She's a current employee of Banana Republic.
6: Tell us about yourself. Hi. Good afternoon, everyone. She said my name is Anna Lomeli, and I work with Banana Republic. I have a pretty interesting story on how I actually got there. Um, I started off as a job coach with Connected Careers, and after my internship was over, the reality of after this is over, I'll be unemployed again and as a DACA recipient and a dreamer, I put myself through school and I pay for school out of my own pocket. So, having a job is almost vital. And. I realized that I had to do something before I ended up unemployed, and so as a job coach before my internship ended, I used pretty much the portal that we use to help other youth, and I used it pretty much as a client myself, and I helped myself get the job at Banana Republic, and I I think it's really important that um, the employers, like she had said that they understand that we are also you know, young adults and we're also trying to find our future. And it's really important to get our foot in the door somewhere, at least to gain the experience. And what Banana Republic has done for me is really empowered me as a, as a young woman. Um, A lot of people say, you know, they don't want to apply to Banana Republic because it's more professional clothes and it's catered to like older people. And I can say that that's not true because I'm the young person at my store, but everybody treats me with respect and I'm held to the same standards as everybody else. But at the same time, when there's something comes up for college, And I can call and and comfortably say, like, hey, I have a test to do today. I found someone to cover me. Is that okay? And I'll know that they will always be okay with that because they know that my education comes first. And um, that's also made me a better employee because it's taught me time management and my responsibilities and being able to handle both at the same time. And also knowing that in the end of the day, I'm doing the right thing with my education, but also being able to come work, um, which is only five minutes away on the trolley, which is why the, the transportation issue was extremely important. And that's something that my boss, when I first got hired, really understood because he knew that I work in downtown and transportation and getting around is something really difficult. And, um, now that we have a new boss, I'm really fortunate that she's seen my work ethic and now my hours have doubled, my pay has doubled, and I'm, there's mobility in the company, and I think that's, that's extremely important. And just seeing that it's more than just profit, it's, you know, your employees are valuable and you get out of it what you put into them, and I think this company does really well at doing that, so I'm really fortunate for Gap Inc. Thank you,
1: Anna. Next, I'd like to introduce Owen. He's the founder of Lumio. Take it away, Owen.
0: Good afternoon, everyone. Um, There's no video for Lumio, so I'm just gonna give you a quick overview of what we're doing. Lumio is a clean technology company. We're a startup, we're three years old, we're headquartered in Oceanside. Um, For everyone that does not know, clean technology is really any product or service that uh, helps save energy. So it usually falls into two different buckets. You have energy efficiency like LED lights and renewable energy like solar. Um, Clean technology as a whole is the fastest-growing job market in the state, and it's one of the fastest-growing in the nation. And we started Lumio to try and turn clean technology projects into educational opportunities. So in 2012, Governor Brown closed a tax loophole in California. If you were to buy... Uh, shoes on Zappos six years ago, there was no sales tax. Today, there is sales tax, um, and there's sales tax for every out-of-state retailer, and that generates about $500 million a year. That $500 million is earmarked for schools to invest in clean technology. And the idea is that if schools spend less on utility bills, they'll spend more on educating our students. So everyone at Lumio is super excited because of these two really complementary trends that are happening. You have clean technology as the fastest-growing job market in the state, and schools all across the state are getting millions of dollars to invest in clean technology so the environment is ripe for synergy to happen between students and these projects. Um, Every solar installation, every lighting upgrade at a school – is perfect opportunities for project-based learning. Every project has the potential to deliver real-world experience and get students excited about a growing job field. And so over the last year or so, we've partnered with 40 schools across the state um, to help them turn their, their clean technology projects into education opportunities. So through the projects, we teach students how to do lighting audits or energy audits, how to do certain financial calculations. Uh, We walk students through the job sites and they help out with the installation. So this model lets students experience the blue-collar and the white-collar side of clean technology. And before we work with students, they really know... Uh, clean technology is a buzzword only. None of them really understand what it means to work in the industry and none of them generally express any interest in working in the industry. But after we work with them, 50% want to work in clean technology. So to us, that's a sign that uh, the difficulty is, is not really in convincing youth to work in clean technology, it's giving them the experience that gets them excited about it. And so that's kind of led to our next iteration, which is a mobile laboratory. And the whole point of this is to give more students and more youth experience installing solar panels, changing out old light fixtures for new fi- light fixtures, um, just giving them some experience in the electrical trade. And for youth that are interested, we're going to help them prepare for the aptitude tests that they need to take and pass in order to be a part of uh, an electrical apprenticeship program. So over the last year, we've really discovered that it's fairly easy to get youth interested in a particular career. Uh, It it all relies on hands-on experience. The challenge is figuring out where to put the youth after that passion is born. And that's what we hope the mobile lab will do, is serve as a pipeline uh, to a proven apprenticeship program and successful careers.
1: Thanks, Owen. So if anyone uh, knows of any funding opportunities for this mobile lab, please come, come see us. Uh, so next, I want to introduce Jessica. So Jessica, you're currently not working, so tell us about your situation and tell us how your involvement with Youth Boys is preparing you for your next employment opportunity.
7: So my name is Jessica, and I'm 18, and I'm not in school nor working. And um, I'm part of Youth Voice, so what we do is a lot of advocating for our community needs. So I'm from City Heights, and we speak up about things that we feel like systems should be um, more involved in. So um, my what I love doing is talking about trauma-informed systems. So with Youth Voice, um, I kind of set my standard high for what I'm looking to when I into a workplace. So I was previously working at um, another job and. It was good. I really loved it because it was I was a cashier, so I was able to interact with customers and talk to them, and it was just like a very relaxed environment. Um, but I wasn't. Their flexibility wasn't really working with me. Um, I had things going on at home that, unfortunately, was um, affecting my sanity. So I kind of had to like talk to them and tell them like, hey, you know, um, I can't be coming here so often because there's things I need to take care of at home, and they weren't that understanding, so um, I lost that job, and I was connected with Connected Careers, and I was a job coach there, and it's, um, I know their staff pretty well, so I know they're really people who are genuinely caring, who are helping youth, and really want to see change in, com- in um, the community and the youth, so um, working there was a very, like, the people were very comfortable were, um, welcoming and I loved being able to like talk to Ethan I know that I'm helping and giving back. So it was a wonderful experience. Um but again there's things going on at home and I felt back and my anxiety was getting to me and I had like fortunately because they're a very understanding staff and I wanna say also trauma informed um they understood what was going on and told me like, you know, we understand sanity is important and that your well being is important so take your time, you know, we're here for you. And that was like one of the best like experiences that I've had like at a workplace because my previous experience didn't um, understand at all. They were like, oh, you're not showing up at work. You're kind of like slacking, you know, we see that you're not very focused. And, you know, they were like, oh, we have to let you go. But here they're very like understanding, they're flexible and still were there for me, which is something that, being part of Youth Voice, you know, we're really um, looking for systems to be um, educated and informed that youth have a lot of things going on at home and, you know, live, they're where they're growing up, how that affects their community and their well-being. Um, so I really felt that Connected Careers really understood where I was coming from and were very flexible and understanding, and it just now has me also kind of see other um, like jobs and you know workplaces to have my standards high and see that you know I need to like look at places where they're you know really care about people and want to be there for them. So
1: and what are you thinking about your next opportunity knowing that you're sitting next to Robin. Yeah.
7: <laughs> so, in hearing what Robin is speaking, I'm like, wow. Like, I'm glad that there's like people that are like her, you know? Um, because I applied for the Gap internship. Um, so, working at a, as a cashier, I really did love it because it helps me interact with customers and just be myself. So, um, I wanted to like follow that retail and to gather more communication skills um, because in the future I want to be a probation officer. So, I feel like having learning um, communication skills right now, whether it's through retail or through any other kind of work like that, it can help me then later on at different um, positions. So I am really like excited to apply and for the internship and have a job. And I'm also trying to get back to school. So I know it's going to be very flexible. So I'm really excited and looking forward to it. Thank you, Jessica.
1: So let's give a round of applause for these speakers. These stories were an important story to tell, but we want to hear many more of these stories across San Diego. So we need your help for the next, uh, the remaining uh, of the session. Uh, We we need your help, and we're going to engage in an activity where we need your help creating guidelines or tips for employers and for youth that they can use in their everyday uh, work life. So um, there are cards at your table and markers or pens. So to start with, please, uh, you know, put yourself in, in the shoes of an opportunity youth or a young person. What can an employer or supervisor do or say to support uh, these young adults? So talk amongst yourselves, and then we wanna see you putting your answers in these cards that, it, are, that are at your table. Put yourselves in the shoes of an opportunity youth or young person. What can an employer or supervisor do to support these young adults?
4: All right. So I am back, and I've got a few questions that I'd like to read, starting with the first. I want you to think about this. Remember, think back. Think back for employers, everyone who's an employer at the table. Think back to when you or an employee, maybe your first, very first job. How could your supervisor have better adapted to your multicultural background? Go ahead and think about that. If you don't have a multicultural background, maybe you've been a different upbringing. All right, moving on to the next question. As a supervisor, how could you best provide support to young employees who need more guidance or coaching? All
3: right, everybody. Sarah Ramos with Welfare to Work Public Consulting Group. As the supervisor, how could we best provide support um, to young fellows that work for us? One of the initial thoughts was to really understand the goals that they're um, trying to achieve. And even if they're starting at our job as baby steps or a level entry, if we're able to better understand the sets that they need, we can better support them to achieve their goals. Also, um, be flexible if they're trying to pursue education and really try to connect and understand the needs so that we can all work in a common goal so that they can be strong and hardworking members of society and contribute back.
4: Thank you. Yes. Yes. I have my final question for putting yourself into an employer's shoes. Think back, employers. What are three characteristics of the ideal supervisor? Or if you had an ideal supervisor, what were three of their characteristics that made them magnificent?
2: Um, I said three um, characteristics that I can think back was... Um, having a supervisor that is um, understanding slash supportive, uh, also being open to communication, and then also most importantly being a role model, like really embodying like do as I do, not as I say. So I think those are three great characteristics. Right.
4: Yes. Other people want share. Thank you. Thank you. Remember to write these down as well. We'd like to use these later.
6: OK, now this is time for the youth tips. So taking it back to when you were young, imagine you're a youth who is out of work in school. What advice would you provide someone who has a fear of rejection or feedback?
3: Hello, my name is Marcus, and I am in that current predicament right now. I'm a youth, 22 years old, out of school, can't find employment, and I just keep going for it, you know, keep going after it. You know, I get denied because of my background being a felon from when I was 17 years old, charged as an adult, sentenced to seven years in prison, and I'm here today because I'm trying to change my life. And whether I can get a job or not, I just got to keep pushing because I know I deserve that success, and I deserve better for my community. My community deserves better out of me. And it's my responsibility to give back if I can and give any support or initiative to anybody who needs to get these things done and wants to do better in their lives. Thank you all.
6: Thank you for sharing your story. That was really empowering.
1: Thank
6: you for the next okay, Next question. I'm not getting along with another coworker. How do I approach my supervisor? And what advice would you give them on how to do that?
0: Seek advice anonymously without focusing on the particular person and describe the situation so you can get a neutral feedback on what to do.
6: Please make sure you're all writing this down. We're trying to compile something to put together to give out. Please
7: So this is more for youth, um, putting yourself into a youth perspective. What do I do? How do I balance out my job and other responsibilities? So again, that's what do I do? How do I balance out my job and other responsibilities? Do you guys want to
6: volunteer?
7: As far as leaving, um, separating work and the rest of your responsibilities, I think Uh, Leaving work at work is very important for your emotional and mental health. So, you know, turning off the work email, but letting people know, like, if you really need me, they can call, like, they can text you. There are other ways, but also knowing, like, time for yourself is going to make you better when you're on the clock. Thank you. (laughs) So next question. You're feeling overwhelmed with things going on at home it's affecting your sanity, how do you communicate with your supervisor?
4: Uh, I actually think that a level of honesty is important, um, you know, to a degree. And I say that because a lot of employers have employee assistance programs or other supportive things for their workers in order to remain not only at work but happy in their lives outside of work as well. So sometimes not saying something can actually keep you from a solution that could really, really make an impact on your life. And as, as an uh, and from an employer's perspective, not being open to that and not being willing to listen to those things could really protect, uh, affect someone's loyalty to your company and the growth and maturity that they could bring you throughout the course of their employ. Thank
0: you. There's Hey, last,
7: okay. okay. last question. You have been doing well overcoming obstacles but you run into one thing that makes you doubt yourself. You want to leave your job. How do you talk to your supervisor to let them know what's going on?
3: I would, yeah. I would ask my supervisor if I could um, meet with them at any particular time in a location that felt um, comfortable and safe and um, make sure that they had the time to have a conversation with me. Um, you know, schedule it in their calendar, something like that. And then I would share with them what was happening with me and um, see if there were any resources that they were um, aware of that could help support me in where I was at that moment um, around wanting to quit my job. Or um, I would just inform them that I didn't think this was working anymore and I needed to move on. But give, I would give the supervisor an opportunity to, um, to provide me feedback around, well, why isn't the job working for you? Is there something that we can do here that might help support you a little bit?
7: Thank you. That's Thank it. you guys for your
1: answers. You. And lastly... Olivia, Anna, and Jessica, I want to hear from you about what advice would you give to a young person that, is, uh, that doesn't have access to mental health resources or has transportation barriers or is undocumented or just doesn't know where to start uh, you know, looking for employment. What advice would you give them? And Olivia, we'll start with you. Advice for a young adult
4: who said mental health
1: Just facing barriers Barriers. to employment, what would you
4: tell them? Um, First, just anyone facing any type of a barrier, I would personally just tell them don't give up. Like, I know it's gonna get really hard. Whatever comes into your mind, whatever's going on, do not give up. Um, And there's someone in your life that you trust, or someone in your life that you know you can tell something to, and they're not going to look at you differently. And they're going to try to help you find that person, figure out who that person is, and if you do not have that person, you may need to seek that person, or you need, may need to just not. It may not be a one-on-one, a person you speak to every day. It could be someone that you can hotline and speak to, who could give you resources that you need. Just don't give up and find support, because it. We try to do things by ourselves every day, alone, and I don't need help and I don't need to tell anyone my problems while we're listening to people's problems and helping them. We can't do that to ourselves. You need to take care of yourself. Self-care is very important. So I would just tell someone, don't give up on yourself. Find some support and do whatever it takes to get, that's legal, to get, to get where you need to go. If it's a barrier like financial barrier and you cannot get a job for whatever the reason may be, find all your resources where you could either volunteer, uh, that opens you up for an opportunity to earn money, or a paid volunteer or paid internship program. Just exhaust all your resources before you give up on yourself. And just know this is not your fault, this is not something that you earned, this isn't something that you're paying for, this is life. So. Thank you, Olivia.
7: Personally, me coming having anxiety, um, the advice that I could give to someone with mental um, that suffers or something like that would be to help themselves. So ask for resources, whether it's um, seeing a therapist, counselor, because that has helped me a lot. Even though in the past I've said it hasn't, but help um, talking to someone, venting helps a lot to probably get things off your shoulders, Um, and also. If it's any other kind of obstacle, also talking to someone is very, it's such a relief to be able to like talk to someone and vent and tell them like this is going on and I feel very stressed and very overwhelmed because that way you don't keep keep it to yourself. Um, And also like um, asking for help and because it's okay to ask for help, I've learned it the hard way because I used to be a very like... No, I have pride. You know, like I can't ask people for help because they're, they're going to think, oh, you know, she's a very, she can't do anything. But it's not that way. It's more like, you know, there's so many resources out there that want people, you know, they're working. Obviously, that's their job. So they're supposed to help people. But if the people aren't seeking for those resources then you know, they're not really doing anything. So um, that's, what, that's why those resources are there for you. Um, so just ask anybody, whether it's just a friend, it's a coworker, your, um, supervisor someone, or, you know, sometimes your, your mom's friend might know And you, you know, you might go to a store and you might talk to someone, also talking to people helps a lot because then that's how you build connections and you start networking and you like, oh, okay, well now I can, I know this place because this person told me because I, before I didn't know about a lot of these programs that are out there to help people. Like today I learned about a program. So, um... You know, if you don't ask, you're not going to get any answers, and you're going to not know what, and you're not, you're not going to know more. You're only going to know what you know. And, you know, so ask for help, ask questions. You know, always ask questions. I'm a very curious person, so I ask a lot of questions. So, yeah. Thank you, Jessica. Anna?
6: I think advice that I would give to a youth that's going through barriers that's keeping them from getting a job, I think I would say um, feel empowered because I feel like a lot of the reason why um, young adults don't look for jobs is the fear of asking for help or not seeing themselves as worthy of these positions that are out there or not just, just being too shy to network. Um, one thing that hits close to home is being undocumented and trying to find a job. As a DACA recipient, there was always that fear of you know, coming out and telling people like, this is my story, this is my struggle. But once I felt empowered in my story and I started telling people you know, my dreams and my aspirations, these opportunities started coming to me. And I think a big part is that people think that the opportunities are just going to come knock at you and it's not true. You have to go and find those opportunities for yourself. And more importantly, you have to want them as much as you know they're given to you because sometimes opportunities are there but there's always that like mentality of not wanting it as much or you know that hesitancy and it's it's like if you're given this opportunity you know go for it and um closed mouths don't get fed so if you need something you have to go and tell people because there are genuinely nice people like San Diego Workforce you know Gap all things this way and everybody who's here who cares about these things and understands that we're, you know, we're the future pretty much of the workforce. So our necessities are very much needed because we will be driving this economy. And I don't think young people understand that yet. And with everything that's going on, you know, it's, It's not only like a political revolution, but like economic as well. And so I think giving the opportunity for us to be able to be here and tell you guys, you know, these are the things that we're facing is definitely a step forward. And I hope that other young adults come forward and also tell their own stories and tell the universe their needs because there's somebody who's out there listening. Thank you, Anna.
1: Okay, and to conclude, now I will ask the employers... Owen, tell us, what would you tell other employers that maybe they've never worked with a young person before, or maybe they're hesitant to work with a young person, or maybe they've been working with young people, but haven't created a youth-friendly workplace, what would you say to them?
0: I think my biggest piece of advice would just be to give them a shot. Um, These men and women are some of the hardest-working people that we've ever hired, and it has to be the right fit for sure. Like if we're looking for someone with really technical financial skills, it might not be a great fit. But if there's a room where, or if there's a position with a lot of room for upward mobility um, where they can wear a lot of different hats in the beginning, we always consider them. Um, the other thing would just, once you kind of open your arms to that consideration, develop relationships with organizations like connect to careers and San Diego Workforce, um, potentially have different job postings where you consider opportunity youth first and then kind of keep an ongoing list um, of potential candidates. That's one of the things we do. I mean, we're a very small startup, so we don't have a ton of job openings all the time. But when we find a candidate who we think would be a good fit, maybe not necessarily for this immediate position, but something down the road, we like to stay in touch with them and kind of build relationships before we do some hiring. Um, So just keep an open mind and Um, I know it's hard. Everybody gets a ton of applications for open positions, but I guess the biggest piece of advice would just be to keep an open mind.
1: Thank you, Owen. Robin, what do you say?
5: I would say that you have to look at potential. You can't just stop and say, well, they're too young or they're not the right fit. Because how do you know? How do you know they're not the right fit? Look at the potential. The 16-year-old who stands in front of you today can, is a future leader. They're going to be a future parent. They're going to be a future leader. So why not have help? Why not give them the help to shape them and help mold them to be able to meet what they want, their dreams? They, they want the same things we want. They want to be financially responsible. They want to be financially independent. They want to be able to make a difference not, maybe not today, but tomorrow, they want to be able to raise their children and, and provide for them and not struggle. Um, they want the same things. So I think of it as, as an employer. I have the ability to help that. I'm going to hire this person probably at some point, whether they're 16 or they're 25. You know, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've hired somebody who's in their 20s, and they say, I applied for a job here when I was 16, and nobody would give me an opportunity. Um, now they're out of college, and they need a job to, to fund, to supplement them until they get into their, their, their uh, major. And I think back on some of those conversations I've had with some of the employees that work for me now and think, you know, if I'd hired them when they were 16 years old, they, would be a, they could be running a store now. They could be the future of Gap. The, so, and you never know. I think about all the times that you never know who stands in front of you. They could be the next president of the United States. You don't know that but you've had a hand and you you helped mentor them to be able to be a valued participant in life. And I think that is the most important thing that we can give them. And I think we have to look at potential and not always skill sets. And and to me that makes a big difference. I wouldn't have half the youth that work for me now if I had not looked at potential and they're the best employees I've ever had.
1: Thank
2: you, Robin. And Leslie? Well, not only is it the right thing to do, you know, on a social justice level, but it's good for the employer. You know, we talked um, earlier about, you know, how we grow our own workforce through this program. We have a steady workforce coming in partly because of this program. It's a benefit to the employer. Um, Also, it invigorates your employees' To allow them to be mentors. I have so many stories of mentors telling me things after these group interviews. Um, Sometimes the mentors are crying. They're very emotional about it. They say things like, you know what? Just give me the mentee that, that nobody else wants. Or I want that mentee that's on the autism spectrum because I know I can help him. That's empowering your employees to give back in whatever field you might be in, to share themselves. Um, And thirdly, the third benefit from the employer point of view is once you've mentored somebody, even if they don't stay with you, you know, Connect to Careers stole Olivia, but um, (laughs) I'm just joking. But now, you know, that she worked with us, she's an advocate for the city. So even if they don't stay with you, they're going to be an advocate for your organization, for your company, um, because of that time they spent with you. So it's really a win-win.
1: Well, thank you. That concludes our session. Thank you so much. And let's give a round of applause to these amazing speakers. Thank you.